consequences that fall on me as a result of that uh, are going to be extraordinary. But I swore an oath before God, and I'm a religious person, that I would apply impartial justice. And applying impartial justice said what the president did was grievously wrong. And I had to vote if I was going to live with my own conscience in a way that was consistent with that oath of office. I don't know if you heard the beginning of that, but Mitt said he knows he's going to get a lot of blowback politically on that or whatever. It's going to be lonely in Washington. He's agreed. I think this is a non-story. It's a typical Washington, D.C. They love the soap opera, the person versus person personality. It doesn't mean freaking anything. Then broadcast nationwide constantly by the nation's media, Jack. Your total, so vote, it is... your total vote was 52 not guilty, 48 guilty on one, and then 53 not guilty, 47 guilty on the other. And you needed to get to two-thirds. Right. So it wasn't even close, all right? So so one person who's a Republican voting against Trump, big deal. Who cares? Well, that, to it, me, it's the who cares. It illustrates the absolute dishonesty of the media and politicians. All of a sudden, Mitt, who they portrayed as a monster, he was half a, different, half a dozen different kinds of monster. During the election, a racist and a misogynist and a religious lunatic and a, a thief and the rest of it, all, all of a sudden now he's a saint and being worshipped. And by the way, I don't hate Mitt Romney for what he did. I think he's mistaken. I don't think it, it should have been a removable offense, but he gets his opinion and everybody's going to be fine. Um, but I tell you this, and, and I mentioned this earlier today, you want hypocrisy and media bias. That second charge, the obstruction of Congress, was from the beginning laughable, idiotic. The idea that the executive branch can't say, we think you're overreaching and we need the courts to decide it for us. That that's obstruction? That's the way the branches of government are supposed to work. That was a phony, cooked up, piece of garbage, false allegation. And not a single Democrat called out their own side for, all right, look, this is piling on. This is dumb. So everybody's making this enormous deal about Mitt Romney saying, yeah, the Ukraine thing, that was hinky. I think he did that for the wrong reasons. Good for you, Mitt. That's fine. But nobody but nobody will bring up the Democratic hypocrisy of nobody said, look, if we start calling appealing to the courts obstruction, we're going to, well, we would have uh, impeached the last 45 presidents and we'll sure as hell impeach the next 45. Nobody is saying that. So save your sanctimony, please, you phonies. Got a debate tomorrow night. Be interesting. I, I, I'll watch that. I didn't a watch d- the State debate of the Union. about what? And I realized the Over, who's what? Well, this is the it's the first debate since Iowa. Obviously, Biden finished fourth. Or the Democrats are debating. Yeah, D- Biden can't stand in the middle of the stage and just kind of let the thing go by and hope not to cause any harm anymore. Smile benignly like, like your grandpa. Because he's the front runner and all I got to do is not screw up. He's nope. not in that position anymore. Well, he's on the attack. He's going after little Pete. Savagely. He said Mayor Pete has never done anything other than run a tiny little city. And he said uh, Bernie's a crazy old communist and going to bring down the whole party. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he'll say that on stage tomorrow night, or he won't. I don't know. Very briefly. Very briefly, I promise, because I, I'm more cynical about polls than, well, according to polls, 78% of Americans. <laughs> but according to Nate Silver and the folks at 538, based on the polls as they stand right now, with the best chance to win New Hampshire, Nevada, California, Texas, North Carolina, Virginia, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Colorado, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Utah, Maine, and Vermont. That's Super Tuesday in the other early states. Bernie freaking Sanders. Best chance to win South Carolina and Alabama, Joe Biden. And that's for now. And that could change in the blink of an eye. Yes. Yeah. Well, we need to wait and see what sort of skullduggery and 
and extreme maneuvers are pulled by the Democrats to undermine Bernie because they're terrified of him. I'm hearing more and more Democrats say, Mike Bloomberg, a three-term mayor of New York, successful, well-liked. He's moderate. He's a pro-business. Bloomberg, anybody for Bloomberg? So this will be fun to watch unfold. I'll finish up this poll on bad hair days. Michael, you ever have bad hair days? Yeah, yeah, I do. do, as a matter of fact. John? Uh, not really. Not well, really. you go with the tussled uh, look, yeah, which yeah. is great. As long as the, the cut is okay, I'm pretty good for a couple months. Hanson, bad hair days, you ever have them? You're yeah, handsome. absolutely. See, all the time. See, see what I told you, because he's super handsome. So he's burdened with giving a damn. <laughs> we the homely, we look, we can spend an hour and a half or a minute and a half. We're going to be kind of homely. <laughs> it's fine. I pity you. I pity you. <laughs> We the homely. Uh, survey, uh, 96, uh, what was it, 80% of people say they've opted to stay in rather than leave the house because they had a bad hair day. i got to <laughs> believe that's social engagements, and mostly women. But 33% of people have called in sick because they had a bad hair day. That makes you a crazy person. Half of people say a good hair day puts them in a better mood. I do remember when I, what, it says puts them in a better mood than having sex or a great massage. Okay. What? You're not doing it right, either yeah, one of them. No kidding. I do remember when I had hair, if it did what I wanted to do, I did have a little more of a spring in my step. I felt a little more confident. There's no denying it. And if it wasn't working for me, it's just it's hard to get my mojo going. Jack, who briefly sported the white man fro in your youth. Yeah, that was a very short period of time. That, that was probably, worth a try. Probably lasted a couple of weeks, really. You know, I, I respect your your uh, you know your your willingness to depart the familiar shores and to to set out across the ocean of of unlikely hairdos. I was a college like Columbus of I was, old. I was a college freshman. I was trying to find myself. I live in a college town. Right. You you can spot the people trying to find themselves. I mean, you can see it on them. You don't realize that when you're that age and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But I can see like that guy I can say. He got those boots with the studs on the sides and stuff like that. That's a, a new thing he's trying. I can right. just tell by the way he's walking. Right. <laughs> Which is fine. And it's absolutely fine. It's what youth is for. Yeah, exactly. You're going to see if that works for you. Right. And many of them, you, you look back and it kind of cringe a little bit, but uh, that's just part of life. It's the way it works. Just don't get a face tattoo. <laughs> All right? The rest of it is negotiable. The face tattoo, not so much. Um, Neck tattoos are the honorary face tattoo. 43% have missed a job interview because of their hair. Were that's you, that's bull crap. Where are you getting this? I'm sorry. I've got to call bull dung on you now. What What is this I garbage? Know, Purell. I don't know. Are you a hair model? Um, and this one, this is what I just said. 40% say they feel more confident on a good hair day, while 52% say it makes them smile more often. Yeah, I had more confidence when my hair was cooperating. No I'll tell doubt. you what. It, the, Shaving my head was a freeing thing. I did this, what, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, something like that? I don't doubt just, it. And then never worry about it again. It's just a non-thing in my life. I do not and doubt And rainy it. days or the wind's blowing or you wear a hat or whatever, none of that matters anymore. I'm sporting a beard right now, Jack. I'm sure you've noticed. Um, and, and I enjoy sporting a beard. I think I look pretty decent with a beard, but it is there's more care to it. There's there's the trimmings and the shapings, and they tell me I ought to be mixing in some sort of beard oil. 
beard oil. Some sort of so beard conditioner. Squeak? Some beard <laughs> balm. Beard balm. Yeah, so it looks lustrous. And, <laughs> hey, you got to oil your beard, dude. That's... <laughs> I don't think that's what it's for. <laughs> it's uh, to make it lustrous and soft and, 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 and you know, lustrous. Uh, but I, I haven't gotten around to it. I, I asked my boy who, uh, as a 25-year, well, I guess he was about 24 at the time, he was sporting the hipster folk musician faux lumberjack giant beard? Yes. And so I did. I appealed to him for uh, you know advice on various salves and, uh, and substances, and he filled me in, but I never bothered. I don't know. Old school. Um, stocks rallied yesterday to records again, making up all that money, erasing losses sparked by a reaction to the coronavirus. So that little dip is over. Uh, yeah, and in the coronavirus, and this is the the thing to know about the stock market. The whole coronavirus dip, the coronavirus has gotten vastly worse since then, and it's become increasingly clear that the communist Chinese, who will torture you and execute you for merely being an inconvenience, are lying. Shock of shocks, um, and that the death toll could be truly horrific. But the market just bounced back and is now setting records again. Mm. Is it the impeachment thing? Is it mm. so here's what you need to know. When you hear the fifteen second story on the news, the stock market is down over concerns on blah blah blah. That might be partly true or kinda true, but it won't be true for long and don't worry about it. It goes up, it goes down, but mostly it goes up. And one more story from the world of finance. Perhaps you lost all your money because Bernie Madoff stole it from you. He says he's dying and would like to be released from prison early. The old man who was going to spend the rest of his life in prison because he got a 150-year sentence, um, he's uh, super-duper sick and going to die soon, and the doctors gave him months to live, and he'd like to get out. What, what's our feeling on that? Uh, Bernie, you're a smart guy. Do the crime, do the time? You're a smart guy. You probably could have figured out, wow, I'm 55 years old and I'm doing crimes that will get me 40 years in prison. That means I'd hmm, carry the three, uh, die in prison. So, you know, I'm a compassionate man, Jack. You know that about me. The problem is, anybody who gets so much as a hangnail goes to a judge and says, I'm dying, you got to let me out. Rich guy finds a doctor that says, oh, he's got months to live. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You hobble in on your walker like uh, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to admit, there's, there's part of me that thinks, all right, let the guy croak it with his family. Um, but I don't Why? Know. I don't know. Compassion, kindness. What uh, Jesus taught. Forgiveness. Nah. Well, there's a counter-argument. <laughs> Make the retirements you destroyed whole again, and we'll let you go home. Yeah, I'm thinking about all the families out there whose lives were changed completely forever because you stole their money. And they're, what they're... For the disastrous, not not like change them, you know, you've, you've pointed out something that's changed my life there, uh, <laughs> Bernie. No, it, it ruined their retirement. They're going to have ends of their lives, too, where they're sick and the doctor maybe tells them they got months to live. So they got no money and no care. We've and... got a drug, but it's $30,000 a month. So, yeah, okay. I realize right. punishing Bernie doesn't help that situation. I'll, I'll pray on this, Jack, but I'm, 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 I'm thinking you have a point. Okay. And and Sean does as well. So there is going to be a gigantic scandal before long about voter fraud. And it's going to come from Corruptifornia. A couple of pieces of evidence in that direction. It's accumulating. There is a systematic and absolutely constitution-kicking challenge to voting rights in Corruptifornia. We'll tell you about that, among other things, in moments. 
Getty Show. New York jurors were shown naked photos of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. In a uh, related story, no one will ever go to jury duty again. <laughs> ever. That's a decent joke about a serious subject, but I'm not here to suck the life out of a joke. That's my job. <laughs> um, this just in, and I'm not sure what the point is now, from the Hill, Iowa caucus results contain errors and inconsistencies. We're just piling on at this point, aren't we? Everybody's moved on and decided the whole Iowa caucus thing is um, an anachronism. It's stupid. We're never going to do it again. It's certainly not going to be first anymore. So now we're just piling on. But you're saying the roughly 80% that are now out aren't even, like, sound? I'll tell you what. It wouldn't take much inconsistency because they're .9 apart, Buttigieg and Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. Not that it matters now. The killer bees. It doesn't matter now, but probably just a coincidence that the counties that put Bernie over the top were the last to come in, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably a coincidence. I don't yeah. uh, the whole thing is just so ridiculous. The college towns that clearly had the most Bernie supporters are the last ones to come in. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a coincidence. And the fact winky dink. And a, and, a, and the fact that the person that was saved the most by it is the guy that the party wants to win Joe Biden also a coincidence. Sometimes things happen. Yeah, it would have been just a happy uh, happenstance. It would have been really <laughs> devastating if he'd had four days of very clear numbers. Biden finishes fourth. But nope, they got to hide that. You know, if I had a time machine, Jack, I'd go back and I'd throw that touchdown game winning touchdown pass in high school. <laughs> Second choice, uh, uh, protect Abraham Lincoln at that theater. Third choice, though. <laughs> Third choice, I would go back to an election, say, I don't know, in the 50s or something, and and just look around in in February of an election year and note, wait, nobody's talking about the election or the primaries and the news. I would just watch the news this evening. They didn't mention it once for the fifth day in a row, and there's no fever pitch screaming about politics. People just seem to be going about their lives. I just think it would be really refreshing. It's like the reason they say travel broadens the mind. You go to a culture where they're not constantly chasing consumer goods, for instance, and you think, oh, that's right. It's not automatic. It's a choice. I would just, I would like to go back to a simpler time, be reminded of when politics wasn't what everybody was spouting off about all the time. Sorry, Lincoln. On the other hand, I threw that touchdown pass. We won. We win. <laughs> and my life has changed. So, listen, if you live in Caliunicornia, you're probably aware of the fact that the one party, Democratic Party, that runs the state has been systematically trying to make it so that anybody who fogs a mirror is registered to vote and will vote. Because the dumber you are, the less informed you are, the younger you are. Yeah, they're talking about letting children vote, 16, 17-year-olds. The more you answer those uh, descriptions, the more likely you are, or the easier you are to brainwash into voting for, for Democrats. And so it's, it's a systematic, the whole uh, automatic registration to vote, motor voter, the rest of it. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, and this is documented by uh, you know what you don't have when, you know what you don't have when you're young is life experience to counterbalance things that sound good. Right. That's what right. you don't have. I mean, the perfect example might be the uh, the guy who stops you. He says, hey, listen, I work at the, uh, well, back in the day, back when people had big uh, speakers for the stereo systems, 
I work at a plant. We've got this huge surplus. My boss told me, sell these $400 speakers for whatever you can get. So I'm just selling them for 50 bucks each. And the story's perfectly plausible. And so you think, oh, wow, okay, this is a, judging by the information I have, this is a great deal. It's only later you find out that's an old-timey scam. It's been run for years and years and years. You're getting ripped off. That's life experience. It's important in making judgments. But anyway, a couple of things for your consideration very briefly. Um, We got this note from an alert listener who was sent her primary voter information guide for the upcoming election in Cal Unicornia. She's registered as no party preference. On the back of the voter guide, you can send an application to receive a mail-in ballot, and it has all sorts of options for that person, Democratic, American Independent Party, Libertarian Party, no party preference again, but not Republican. The Republican choice is left out of the back of that envelope. And I'm looking at the photograph right now. Um, so that's highly suspicious. And another alert listener, it was uh, Josh sent this along. There is a bill working its way through the assembly to make voting mandatory in California. Everybody forced to go to the polls and cast a ballot. This is being put forward by Assemblyman Mark Levine, who is either a madman or a totalitarian or both. I'm telling you, major headlines, vote fraud, California, they're coming. I am not going to sugarcoat it. We took a gut punch in Iowa. This isn't the first time in my life I've been knocked down. Yeah, well, you're going to get knocked down again Monday night. Then I think, what is it, the following Wednesday, you're going to get knocked down again by Nevada? <laughs> and South Carolina is going to kick you in the head? Oh, boy. But I'm going to wrap this chain up. around your head. Joe Biden is terrible at running for president. Ah, boy. Well, he's he's definitely past his prime. So here are a couple when of stories. When he was in his prime, he was terrible at running for president. This idea is a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. Is it? So this happened overnight. 97% of the Iowa precincts are in, and Pete Buttigieg's slim lead has all but evaporated. Yeah. It is now virtually a tie. Um, it's, you know, it's so close. I don't know how you'd call it anything but a tie. It's, it's barely 0.1% difference. So that's uh, ah, a tie. Come on. Right. It's a tie. But so then you got this problem. New York times out with this story, inconsistencies and errors in the, uh, the tallying An analysis by the New York times published online this morning, um, stated that the numbers reported by the Iowa democratic party are different than the ones reported by the individual precincts. They probably just did the, okay, well, we're going to call all the precincts. We did the math. Our math's different than your math. Something's going on here. Oh, boy. Um, and The Hill, a different organization, was able to independently verify some of those errors after reviewing caucus results. So, I don't know. They said there's no, uh, there's you can't see any intention at any point like it was to help anybody. It's just sloppy. Yeah, yeah. Here's the number of people are not checking around, and I'm not quite sure why, because the the narrative, I think, among those who go beyond the stupid headlines is the Democratic Party is panicking because it appears a uh, you have the choice between an ancient socialist with, with disgusting affection for the Soviet system or a, a really youthful mayor who's totally untested. 
But nobody's talking about combining Bernie's numbers with Liz's numbers at this point. Is it legit to say she's her supporters are very similar to Bernie's supporters? Because when I looked at those numbers, I see, you know, if you combine the socialist vote, they really outnumber the sure. moderate vote. Sure, the numbers that are out now. Because we're so I'm sorry I framed that badly, but if the discussion is for the soul of the Democratic Party, well, yeah, let's add those numbers together a bit. Well, Bernie and Elizabeth right now add up to 44. Pete's got 26, so it's not even close. <laughs> right, Pete. Pete plus who's, who's the second place? Biden. Biden way down there, and that adds up to 30, 41. So 34 okay. to 41. But All Amy right. Klobuchar's a moderate, and she's got 12. Okay, so it would appear the moderates have a bit of an edge, yeah. but they don't have a, a standard bearer who can push past the ancient socialist. They just keep getting passed on the left. That's a, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a tough position to be in. Yeah, if you Especially up, running against an incumbent who is putting foot to Heine. If you add up... Uh, Amy Klobuchar, Biden, and Pete, they easily beat Bernie and Warren's numbers together. I don't know that that math works. I don't know, you know, because at the caucuses the other night, there were people that showed up for uh, a candidate, and when they weren't viable, they went home. They didn't go to someone else. They thought, I'm not supporting someone else. Some people will not come out and vote. I'm talking about when you get to the actual election election. Um, there's some people that just won't support some of these people. So I don't right. know what the right way to Right? Well, I'm glad I'm not in charge. Yeah. You know, sir, do you want to hear something ridiculous? Every time we talk about the caucuses, I'm reminded I need to re-caulk a couple of sinks at home. And I just funny. keep putting it off. But I really, it's its not even a hard job. Just got to get the right color and just spend 20 minutes. I like caulking things for some reason. Once you get the right bead. It's all about it, getting the good bead. Oh, it's please, Sean. goes without saying. <laughs> and, uh, and and then, you know, with the finger, the right touch and smoothing, the it's 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 a piece of cake. I need I, to recock around our tub. But I just got to get started. Yeah. I did window installations for about a season. Oh, did and, you? Uh, and that was essentially my gig. They, they would put You're them the in. You're the Yeah, I would go along there, and I would, oh, it, they had never seen seals so smooth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a man who takes pride in your work. I respect that. It's like Martin Luther King Jr. I know you like that speech as much as I do. The street street sweeper. Sweeper yeah. speech. They will say of you that man swept streets like Michelangelo created art. Be good at what you do just for its own sake. So here's the only way that Iowa possibly still matters uh, now that Bernie and Pete are so close to Tide. And as Sean pointed out, the numbers that are still coming in are pretty pro-Bernie areas. Yeah, either, good. Either by accident or coincidence. <laughs> Quinky dink. If he wins even by point one, because it's pretty likely Bernie's going to win New Hampshire, then he can say legitimately, and all the media narrative will be, he won the first two contests. Oh, absolutely. Bernie, and that's, that's a big deal. That's a momentum maker. Well, and based on those polls I hit you with a couple of minutes ago from 538, he's also in great shape in a lot of uh, the future states. Uh, but th- that's, here is the problem with a divided vote. Among the moderates. I had a heart attack a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I know He's it. He's 80 years old. I know it, and a communist. <laughs> You'd think that at Hobble, a guy, but not in modern, crazy America. All right, that's probably enough of that. Yeah. But, uh, I, I will tell you this. Um, there's great news economically. They're stuffing it down as far as they can. China has agreed to cut a bunch of tariffs by half, way down. I don't think it's a coincidence that news came out yesterday after the impeachment vote. China saw, oh, this guy's not going anywhere. Yeah. Said, all right. Well, they said, in effect, we want deal. We haven't heard that clip in a long time, Michael. Because it's racist. Shut up. 
Stop it. What are you, the university undersecretary dean of inclusion over there? I'm not sure this is a safe environment. I got no time for that. It's about to be unsafe. I don't feel safe. You're damn right it's unsafe. Your words. Coming over to tea. My words. How about this hammer? Words. Words. All right, that's... So, uh, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, so a uh, great we news. We want deal. We want deal. Timing. I know, timing. <laughs> Look at that. After all that, I talked over it, Michael. It's, you'd be better off doing a trained monkey act at the uh, the circus is working with us, huh? I know what you're thinking. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> you read me well. <laughs> so, listen... This is great news, and it's a measure of the complete phoniness of the media and and the Democrats. And look, the Republicans are phony, too. They're all partisans. But the whole trade tussle with China that you heard described as Trump's trade war, the tariffs. Tariffs are a a stupid tool. They're a blunt tool. They're hurting the environment. This has been hardcore trade negotiations with a brutal communist dictatorship that has been screwing us systematically for decades. And, and, and uh, please note, at least at the outset of it, Schumer and Pelosi, for the love of all that is constitutional, were saying, no, the president's right on this one. We're with him. And, he, and Bernie's he, with him on this. It's a good point. And, but you never hear that. I mean, we're more divided than we've ever been before. How about at some point somebody go ahead and admit that, you know, we all agree on this and it's a good thing and it's for America and maybe it makes Trump look good, but that's okay? Just like Obama did some stuff that was fine. He was a charming guy. He's got a good sense of humor. That's not some sort of betrayal of my principles to admit that. Admit it. Trump has been standing up for America's interest against the brute Chinese, and he's doing a hell of a good job, and and so far, so good. One of the great questions of our time we can address coming up, or now, I suppose. Doesn't matter. Yeah, coming up. Since uh, Well, if it's one of the great questions of our time, you hate to rush it. Valentine's Day <laughs> is a week away. Oh, boy. Eat out or stay home. A poll. <laughs> Please. Don't eat out. You're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. Eat out the day before the day. To, how about the three nights consecutively after? Just not that if night. If you do eat out or eat home, what you do? What you eat? Some Valentine's Day tips, according to polls. <laughs> Because you want to do what everybody else does. Isn't that the way you live your life? You look at a poll and make your decisions that way? Absolutely. Not what seems like a good idea to you? It's the only way to get ahead in life is do exactly what everyone else is doing. <laughs> That's right. Which polls? All of them. Okay. 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 Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Like each member of this deliberative body, I love our country. I believe that our Constitution was inspired by Providence. I'm convinced that freedom itself is dependent on the strength and vitality of our national character. As it is with each senator, my vote is an act of conviction. We've come to different conclusions, fellow senators, but I trust we have all followed the dictates of our conscience. It's all about your conscience and your God, and uh, Mitt Romney actually broke down and had to take a break there because he couldn't go on because he was was all so emotional about this tough decision about being true to his God. Well, his former press secretary is out saying the decision was motivated by bitterness and jealousy. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just out Boy, now. I was about to say something kind of accommodating and diplomatic on Mitt's behalf, but never mind. Yeah, Rick Gorka, former press secretary for Mitt Romney's presidential campaign, said that Romney's decision to convict Trump as an impeachment charge uh, was motivated by bitterness and jealousy. His conscience reminded him of the bitterness and jealousy. <laughs> right. And he had to vote. And Mr. Trump is a con man, a fake. He, he despises Trump. I mean, that much is clear. I don't know. I, this is the only thing. Mitt seems like a genuinely nice guy to me. That That's my, my take on him. He yeah. seems like a uh, uh, an actual religious, decent human being. That was always my take on it. Right. But I remember the opening pages of the book Game Change by Mark Halperin and, and John Heilman. I always remember the opening of that. I thought it was so interesting because it opened on a Republican debate. It was when Romney was running against all those other people. And they were all going in there for their last pee before the debate. That's how the, the book opens. Yeah. And because uh, I guess that's what you do, because you're going to stand up there for two hours so everybody gets a good pee in before they it's go. It's like when your mom says to you, everybody go, pit stop before we leave, because we can't be stopping in 20 minutes. But the book opens with saying all those candidates were there chuckling at the urinal. They disagreed on so many different policies and so many different things and been going at each other for months. But there's one thing they could all agree on. They thought Mitt Romney was a big phony. <laughs> wow. The kick in the gut. Wow. I, okay, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I that's his know. campaign manager. Not no, his campaign spokesman. But, the, you know, his campaign spokesman might have just thought, this is the best gig I can get with a guy I think is going to win. It's the best thing for my career. It doesn't mean he believed in Mitt Romney. Sure, all those people are, are prostitutes more or less. Right. Yeah, they go from one campaign I mean, to another. We all other. sell our time. Prostitute might be a little harsh. But that is something. At least prostitutes are honest about what they're doing. I've got to assume his campaign <laughs> spokesman knew him fairly well. Yes. Yes. And he's not out saying Mitt did what his conscience told him to do, what yeah. his his God told him to do. Yeah. Be true to his beliefs in Jesus and this and that. No, it is motivated by bitterness and jealousy. <laughs> Look, he's the only senator who's ever voted against the president of, of his own party in an impeachment. That's notable. It's worth, uh, you know, well, noting. Uh, on the other hand, I still say the fact that every Democrat voted for the ridiculous second article, the obstruction count, is a way bigger story. That's that's the story of partisanship and phoniness people ought to be talking about, but they're not because the media is almost entirely left. Valentine's Day is just a week away, Joe. I believe that's spelled with an N. I know Valentine's you make. I know you make Day. your plans way ahead of time. Ugh, Judy and I, for your Valentine's, sir, we're anti-Valentinists. I think it's ridiculous. And I say this every year. But, you know, run your relationship however you I say this every year, and this is completely anecdotal evidence, yes. but I say it every year. I don't know a single successful couple in my life that takes Valentine's Day seriously. Mm. Everybody I know that's been uh, together for a very long time and happy doesn't. Mm. But that's just my experience. By seriously, do you mean the overly extravagant sort of thing? Do they even exchange, uh, like, a token kind of Valentine's Day card with a heart on it sort of that thing. That would be fine, but care much at all. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if, for instance, it was a busy week at work and, and you said, oh my God, sweetheart, I didn't even realize it was the 14th. And if she reacted any way but, oh, don't worry about it, well, then you got a nutty relationship. Or a brand new one. Yes. And you're just dating or and looking for signs. Or you're 12. <laughs> or, or you're 12. And, and Nancy Pelosi wants you to vote, by the way. But, I do uh, the flowers and dinner. Is that over the top? No, that's fine. Okay. The, I think the key is what Joe just said. If you didn't do it, what would happen? I think that might be the key to the whole Would thing. that be a thing, Michael? 
No, no, it wouldn't be. Okay. Hey, you in a relationship out there, don't do something. Email us with what happens. <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you do it with a sense of humor and 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 a, you know, that's fine. There's nothing it's not harmful, but it's just it's an excuse to sell you junk. Obviously, stop being manipulated by people who will sell you junk. Americans are divided on whether Christmas. they would don't even get me started. Americans are divided on whether they would rather go out on Valentine's Day to dinner at a restaurant or stay home and have dinner there. I think everybody would always rather go out, unless they have, you know, a house full of kids. Have you ever tried to go out to eat on Valentine's no, Day? No, I mean, I just mean in general. Oh, it is awful. Oh, I tried it one time. Yeah. It's and, like uh, a, a brunch on Mother's Day. And didn't have a reservation, which makes you me a moron. But, uh, like, you show up at a restaurant, and they're going to tell you, it'll be three hours before you can eat. I guess I'll go somewhere else. It'll be two and a half hours before mm. you can eat. So it's just, it's crazy. Um, and you know what you do? You take your honey to a food truck, and you sit down at the picnic table, and you tell her, I'm, I'm speaking for heterosexual males here, because I am one, allegedly. Um, you sit her down, and you tell her what attracted you to her in the first place. That's a good one. Yeah. You eat tacos there in the fresh air. You were really I'm hot. Assuming. <laughs> you say you were really hot when you were young. Yeah, it was mostly your butt and, and your breasts. Those were the days. No, I got any I'm pictures assuming, of that. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't live in Sandpoint, Idaho, in this uh, scenario, and it's bitterly cold on February the 14th. Shout out, Sandpoint! Joe, Valentine's Day dinner doesn't need to include fancy dishes. In fact, 41% of Americans say pizza is among the most underrated Valentine's Day foods, with 20% secretly wishing their partner would make pizza for the romantic meal at home. If I make you pizza, <laughs> you're not going to be loving me more. Is this from the Homemade Pizza Council? <laughs> Uh, no, it is not. <laughs> Marshall's gone, but he's not forgotten. Uh, it really is the thought that counts. 63% of Americans describe the perfect Valentine's dinner at home as thoughtful and personal, i.e., my partner making my favorite foods. Homemade pizza is a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, and good. And if you're good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the sauce to me. Look, as a, as a Chicagoan and a glutton, I'm here to tell you, people look at the sauce as an afterthought that is just criminal. Good pizza is an art. Please don't just slap white bread and mozzarella and and some junk sauce together and call it a pizza. You know what makes a difference to me is the quality of the meat. You buy really good sausage or whatever, it's mm. so much better than what you get at most pizza places. What if I'm a vegan? Uh, then uh, you, uh, you don't have the strength to lift the fork to your mouth. <laughs> Surprisingly, more than a quarter of Americans claim one of the biggest benefits to making Valentine's dinner at home is that they can wear sweatpants. Yes. <laughs> and women are more likely than men to share this sentiment, 30% to 21%. Girls, I hear you. I hear you. High five, huh? <laughs> Hell yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, sweatpants. Awesome. Um... Chocolate. I'm wearing these pants that are so comfortable right now. I wish, you know, I'd like to endorse them on the air. What are they? It's, I've got several pair of them. There's it's a these, name for those. Remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. So one size fits all? Well, <laughs> drawstring, Michael, exactly. No, listen, they're, they're, stop looking at my hind end, you Sean. You can't talk about your pants and You're not triggering have to me. You're triggering me. Joe's feeling like unsafe. I'm not, this is a, not a safe space. The, I don't want to give away the What's brand the because that. I'm not being paid to. I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to pimp for them. But they're they're like guide hiking outdoorsy pants. They're light. They breathe. They're water resistant. They're stretchy. Blah blah. blah. But they're so comfy. I get home and I think. Is it even worth it changing into my warm-up pants? I wear the same clothes all day long. No way. From when the I get up in the minute, morning to the minute I'm home, I change. Oh, I can't wait. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why would I wear multiple outfits per day? Soccer shorts and a t-shirt the minute I get home. Why would you keep your same uncomfortable clothes on? I'm comfortable. Oh, no, you're not. I'm comfortable You right are now. not. <laughs> okay, I'm not. <laughs> Sean wants to experience the hand of your pants. Oh, my God. How is All the right, hand? Here, come here. Just uh, careful around the, uh, the old uh, general loses there. That's a Taylor term, the hand. Those are good-looking pants. Thank you, I like those. So, so we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's a, it's a new category. It has a lot to do with people traveling and flying. Mm. They kind of look dress pants-ish-ish. Yeah. That's, like those do yeah. from a distance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, they're, but they're flexible and everything like that. Yeah, stretchy. Um, oh, I forget what the name them. is, and they vary in price. I mean, there, there are a lot of your... Um, your big name brands that are making five hundred dollar versions of them. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm not buying those. You know me. <laughs> Never ever pay retail. Uh, but they're super great, man. I'd wear them every day. Are they day. thin? I don't like to feel the wind going through my legs. They are thinnish. They are not a uh, a cold weather pants. Yeah, I don't. I can't do thin. That's why I like dungarees. I like something that keeps the wind out. We've called them jeans since 1966, Jack. <laughs> A good dungaree keeps my legs from getting a hot. A dungaree. 